Hi, everybody. This is Jim Cornette, pro wrestling legend, and you're listening to the Book in the Territory Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. This is the artist formerly known as Daryl Van Horn, James Mitchell, the Sinister Minister, and I'm here to let you know I would rather slam my cock in a car door than to miss the dulcet tones of Hard Body Harper, my illegitimate son on Booking the Territory podcast. Who <laughs> messy this is professional wrestler Jimmy Vine, the Boogie Wicker Man. Tell my people, my brothers and sisters, don't you dare, don't you dare miss Booking the Territory. Oh, yeah. This is a one man gang. You're listening to Booking the Territory Pro Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to this week's episode of Booking the Territory, the Unprofessional Wrestling Podcast. For today, we're talking NWA Saturday Night on TBS from June the 24th, 1989. We're in a bit of a somber mood. We'll get to that shortly. I'm sitting here with Doc and not Hard Body Harper. Uh, honestly, this, is, this one's not Harper's fault. Uh, we are recording this the night that Hurricane Zeta is passing over New Orleans. It's literally passing over New Orleans right now. And... Um, I got off the phone with Hopper. He's got no power and uh, 100 mile an hour winds, but he sounded like he was doing okay. And he said, y'all roll without me. And uh, I don't think there was any other way for us to do it, to be honest. So I told him, uh, don't worry about it. And we will uh, catch him next week. So uh, he's not late. He's not here uh, because of the storm. I did tell him, text me if he gets his power back, but I doubt that's going to happen between now and then. But anyway, Doc, how are you? Well, you're right. We're in a little bit of a somber mood, but before we get to that, I'm doing great my my own self. And I think, you know, you should have told the people, you know, Harper was out doing some circle, circle, dot, dot, and then realized there was a hurricane coming through and that he had to get back home to take care of his mom. Now, isn't that the case? Okay, okay. I think you're twisting the story up, but I do have a question for you. Y'all still them boys? What are you talking about? Who's them, who's who's us? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what I thought. Sixteen and no Super Bowl, suck it, my ass is all I got for you. Um, yes, everybody who's been tagging me, the fifty plus messages I've gotten that I haven't responded to, or memes I've been sent. Doc is miserable, and uh, he's not going to admit it. Admit it publicly because he doesn't like to admit when he's wrong. Although he's wrong frequently, but he is miserable. The tears no, 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 are we flowing. Released- we released two players on the defense today and traded another one, so we'll be we'll be good. I'm sure that's going to help out. That's like the answer, doesn't it? <laughs> that's the answer we're looking for with six points in the last couple of weeks. But that's neither here nor there. I thought I'd bring us up a notch. Thanks. We're in a I appreciate mood. that, dickhead. No, Har- we're gonna Harper's a veteran of hurricanes, so he's going to be all right down there. Um, nothing to joke about, but he was getting some circle, circle, dot, dot when he realized he had to go take care of his mom. He was not getting some circle, circle, dot, dot. You're twisting the story that I told you ahead of time. That is not what was happening. Yeah, he was by his girl and he left right before the things got really, really bad and he headed home. And yes, he is in the midst of hundred mile an hour winds. And, uh, I, I'm literally, as we record this, uh, the eye just crossed a little while ago, and 
If for those who don't know, when the it's eye of the then. storm crosses, no, 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 it's over. When the eye of the storm crosses, that means you're in the that's the middle of it, and literally the things calm down because the the wind is so calm in the eye, and then what happens is it fools you because as soon as that eye finishes passing, the winds pick right back up as you catch the back end of the storm. So that's uh that's what's going on right now. Is that uh, back end thick? You know, we like a thick back end on this show. Um, it was a category two, so I don't know how thick it was, but, uh, wasn't as thick as probably Harper likes it. But anyway, Harper, uh, hang in there. I know you're not listening to this, but, uh, he'll be all right. He'll be back next week. Literally never hear this. I know he doesn't listen, which is fine. I mean, I don't expect him to listen to his own show. Uh, so real quick, before we get into this week's episode, which again, a little bit of somber mood, I want to give a special shout out to our largest picture contributors monthly, disrespectfully classy, Marky Blassy, Kyle Riley, Mike Childry, Joe Ice. Thank you for your generous support each and every month. And then I want to shout out a couple of uh, one new patron and then one Patreon member who bumped up. Uh, we got Sean Watts out there, new Patreon member. I believe Sean is over in the UK, so another another UK per- listener. We've got a, actually the top three countries for obvious reasons that uh, you know you can imagine where we have listeners here: uh, the United States, Canada, and then the UK, and then I believe Australia's fourth, and I think actually Spain is even um, fifth. So in uh, Portugal's like sixth. It's uh, pretty amazing. We've got a we're big got a on the conti- hey hey we're big on the Iberian Peninsula. How about that? There you go. There you go. I, 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 I'm impressed. You said Iberian Peninsula. There you go. But anyway, Sean, thank you for signing <clears> up. <throat> Enjoy all that extra Patreon content. And then uh, my uh, good friend on on the Facebook group, Chris Zaha, he bumped up his pledge. He is now a BTT Hall of Fame Patreon member. So thank you, Zaha. Appreciate it. You are tremendous, as we always say in the Facebook group, unlike Javorski, who literally um, is causing problems in the Facebook group. Because um, he's shooting ropes, hitting the ceiling, projectile ropes are hitting the ceiling as he watches Impact every week. Well, he's <laughs> also got to be. That. He's also got to be shooting them high because they stole the game from the Bengals this week, and the damn Browns are actually looking competitive. Yeah, um, unless they play the this, Steelers only or the Ravens. Only in twenty twenty could the the Browns be competitive. I'm not going to say that because the Steelers and Ravens have pretty much dump trucked the Browns. So I'm not buying them just yet. Are they good? Yeah, they're competitive and they're showing themselves to be a decent football team. But when you get dump trucked by the class of your division, it's kind of hard to, you know, say you're you're all. What that if you're in a division yet. that has no class? Dude, y'all. <laughs> so, you know, the, the the NFC East has like 20 losses and six wins. Yeah, that that's is like- unheard of. That's not that's not good football. That's just dude. I mean, I I've watched, seen bad divisions, but damn. So I watched last Thursday night. I watched that Eagles and Giants game, and then I stopped and I was like, "What am I doing? This is just shitty football." Well, you saw even shittier that next Sunday. Yeah, when but your I Cowboys. Hate, but I hate the Giants and I hate the Eagles. I was like, it doesn't matter. Fuck these teams. I hear you. I just hey, I got something. I do some have noise. something to shout out real quick, and then yeah, we're going to get into some very serious business for the show. Um, do, yes. You you failed to mention this until just this week, but you were recently on a podcast, were you not? I didn't fail to mention it. I had put it on social media. I just I, I forgot to mention. I did forget to mention. How would it I know? On our show. 
but I did put it on Twitter and on Facebook. I was on Dutch Mantel show. Dutch has taken some time off in 2020. And uh, John Paz, he asked me to come on. And I did the show and we talked about Smoky Mountain Wrestling and the NWA. And I don't know, Doc, you listened to it. Um, you know, I mean, I know you're going to bury me because that's what you love to do. But what did you think about the show? Why did you mention Sparks and Silva and Everett Lance? But it was like I do a show with everybody hovering, Doc. And then Sparks, my buddy, and my buddy Robert <laughs> Silver, and my great guy Lance. He knows everything. And that was it. So you're lying, as usual. That That's not what I did. I actually thanked pretty much everyone who's done some co-hosting on this show. What about that you, guy who Hopper, did, What about that guy who did episode three? I didn't mention Jay. Yeah. <laughs> right. But I but I mentioned you and Harper got mentioned first. I mentioned Lance. I mentioned Mike Pru and JV, our ECW host. I mentioned there you go. So you playing heel. Uh and then I mentioned Sparks and Silva because they've done some live streams with me. So yeah, I mentioned I mentioned our uh, uh as you call them the JV Goon Squad, even though those are my friends and, and they uh do a good job. I mean, come on, man. Silva gets on there and starts talking about eating ass like Harper. You know, what, what do you expect, man? I kept it clean up. But okay, other than that, did you enjoy the episode? Was it good? Well, no. It, well, it was fine. You were terrible, as usual. And what it really proved, once again, is that you really, really need Harper and I to, to help you find your way in this world. So if I'm so terrible. Why do you stick with this show? Well, Harper and I have a lot of fun. Now, tonight's <laughs> just going to be pure me dragging you through it. But Oh, no. It's a good episode. Har- Har- well, that's true, too. But Harper and I have a lot of fun doing this. I hear you. Well, hey, before we take care of that business, did you have anything else you wanted to say about my appearance on the Dutch show? Dutch has a light, nice listenership, so it was good to get out there and uh, spread the good news of the BTT. Well, but did you have any we have no five-star reviews to read tonight, and then, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. we've got to do all the work here. Well, I did want to mention uh, related to Patreon. Again, it's tinyurl.com slash BTT. That's tinyurl.com slash BTT to become a BTT patron. Remember, when you sign up for the, you, you can do monthly or you can do annual, but the good part about annual is you get 10% off. So yeah, sign up, you get a, with the 10% off, you basically get in a free month. So there you go. It's tinyurl.com slash BTT. I want to thank Luke Jennings out there, who's a recent Patreon member. He is a, he is the hype man, man. He's always promoting the Patreon and the show on his Twitter page. So thank you, Luke. We appreciate it. And again, it's tinyurl.com slash BTT. Okay, Doc, uh, no spotlights tonight, right? You want to get into the next topic? Well, I think we're going to use the spotlight feature to, 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 uh, Deliver some a somber eulogy, no? I call it that. We can call it a spotlight because he deserves a spotlight. That's right. He's you know? damn right. So uh, what Doc's talking about is obviously we're recording this the night, um, you know, of the news that Tracy Smothers passed away from cancer. We have known for a while that Casey uh, that Tracy was battling with cancer. And it had uh, taken its toll on him. And recently it had come back and come back pretty strong. I had actually uh, messaged Tracy last week. I didn't mention this to you or Harper, but I just said, hey, Tracy, hang in there. You know, all the BTT listeners are um, keeping you in their thoughts and they want to make sure you 
You know that. And I just said, you know, hang in there, Tracy. And he responded and he said, thank you. Uh, that was all he said. And that was the last correspondence that he and I had. But I wanted to say one other thing about Tracy before I throw it to Doc. Uh, the thing about Tracy, and we've lost a lot of legends this year. We've lost Kamala. We've lost Bullet Bob. Uh, wrestling Animal. Too, died in Animal. We've lost a lot of legends this year. But one thing I'll say, I want to say, though, that makes Tracy's passing a little different to me is Tracy, uh, I knew him and I got to know him because of this show and because of Harper and because of Wildcat. And Tracy was very giving coming on this show two different occasions and basically spending about three hours of time with us. And we got to ask, we got to know Tracy through this show. And I, I you know, I exchanged texts with him from time to time and, and he was just a really good dude. And he was always really super nice. Even like, even at X-rated last year, I remember, you know, seeing him in his condition and how he was walking and he, he hadn't had cancer yet. He was, but um, I made, made reference to Harper cause I hadn't seen Tracy in so long in person I was like, man, I was like, Tracy's walking with a cane. He's like, yeah, man, you know, he's all messed up, but he'll get in that ring. He'll still bump. And he did. And the thing about Tracy again was we actually got to know Tracy and we had him on the show and he told new Jack stories and him and Bobby were on the show with me and they told Ron Wright stories. And we got to ask him about all of the things we wanted to pretty much ask him about in Smoky Mountain Wrestling. And Tracy was just as nice as he could be and given. And he was a pleasure to talk to. And uh, that's what I wonder. That's what I want. The one last thing I want to say when I talked to Tracy last year at Wildcat and we weren't recording, I was just speaking to him. Uh, I was like, you know, Tracy, uh, thank you for the previous years when he had first came on the show. I said, thank, thank you for coming on BTT. We appreciate it. You know, thank you very much. He goes, oh, no, Mike, you know, Smoky Mountain was so much fun and I had such a blast and. You know, Corny was so good to us back then and, and with it. And he talked about, you know, Ricky and Robert. He was like, man, we had so much fun. And um, and then um, I said, man, I said, Tracy, you know, I was like, you know, what about Candido? You got any good Candido stories? And Tracy, um, he like gasped and he almost, he started to like tear up. He's like, I miss that dude so much. He's like, Chris was so nice. He was such a good man. And he's like. I don't. I, he really couldn't talk about it because he just was. He was getting choked up thinking about his friend, but he just wanted to go on and say he's like, I really like that y'all do that Smoky Mountain show, and and he's like, thank you. He's like, it's cool that y'all put a spotlight and talk about all of us, and and um, he just was very very thankful, and he wanted to say thanks. He's like, tell all the fans, everybody who listens, you know, thank you very much. He was just very very thankful for. Uh, you know, just not just a show, but like all of the fans he still had. He he told me that that night. He was like, I just I'm just thankful for all the fans I ever had. And he was just as nice as he can be. He took pictures with me. I think he took pictures with Sparks, um, Adam Price, BTT Hall of Famer, Sparks. Um, basically, everybody there. I, I want to say all the members of the BTT Army that went to Wildcat X Radio, he took pictures with. And uh, just just a wonderful man. And um. I said this a couple of weeks ago related to cancer. You know, we can all agree, disagree on many things in this world, whether it's religions or politics in this crazy world we live in. But one thing we'll all unite on is fuck cancer. And I feel that way now. I lost my dad to cancer. It's a bullshit disease. I hate it. Fuck it. it I, this earth will be a better place the day they can get rid of cancer and eradicate it. I don't know if I'll ever see that, but. 
R.I.P. Tracy Smothers. We love you and and thank you for um thank you for the memories. Um, sorry I rambled, Doc. Go ahead. Well, and <clears throat> I spent the afternoon thinking, you know, how much time did smoke did Tracy Smothers entertain us in Smoky Mountain? And <clears throat> I think way back, I mean way back in this show. I think we did a top five most underrated wrestlers of all time, and Tracy was on several of our lists. <clears throat> but the one line that kept coming back to me, and <clears throat> sorry about that, the one line that kept coming back to me is the line that Harper threw at us in Smokey, which was, he's their Hulk Hogan. And when you watched him cut those promos and he's talking there, I mean, obviously he's saying things that those people couldn't say, but it's close. He's doing, he's speaking for them and to them. And just, you saw the talent in Smoky Mountain that never got tapped on the bigger stage. And that's a crime. Don't you think? It's a crime because he was so talented. I mean, and he was a worker. Like he could wrestle and work, but he could work a crowd. I mean, you said that at a, even at X rated, but he knew how to manipulate a, a large group of people. He he could work a crowd. He was a great great heel. He's just as good of a heel as he was babyface, and it it is a shame he never got the shine that you he deserved on a bigger stage and look I, I know you know he was in wcw um you know with steve armstrong and they were the tag team and i and i know um i guess you know you could argue ecw's platform that they had at that point in time but i mean i, I know tracy was i know i know he had other platforms but you, you know what i'm saying where he never yeah. made the big money and and whatnot so it, it it's it's sad, man. It really is. And again, man, I mean, you know, the other thing that it made me think of is like, how many of those guys have we said, have we heard not just, and, and this ain't about us. I mean, I, I ain't playing heel here at all, but how many of those guys have we brushed up against in some form or fashion that are like, have either said, thank you for doing this show or that was one of the most fun times I ever had. Oh yeah, Bobby and says it. Bobby Blaze would say it all the time. Bob Armstrong Tracy said, said it. it. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Sure did. Morton, I've heard Morton say it. Um, uh, Scott Armstrong on Twitter. He's never been on the show, but Scott, you talked about how much fun he had in Smokey doing the Dixie Dynamite gimmick and then, you know, his own gimmick as well. And, and I mean, I know Scott wasn't there the, the entire time. Tracy was almost there the entire time. He came in very early. Um, but, oh. yeah, Scott said it, how, how much he enjoyed it. But when you've got legends in the sport talking about how what that promotion meant, that's a testament right there to to what they were trying to do. And guess what? I mean, Tracy was there for just about the whole run. He got there a little bit late, and he was a prominent member the whole way through. And, I mean, you think about some of those lines, if we can't get along, then we got to get it on. Yeah. And 
you know, like a duck on a June bug and um, ages eight to eighty, blind, crippled, and crazy. <laughs> yeah, and uh, what was the? Oh, I ain't going north, uh, east and west. I'm going north and south. Yeah. And it was just all those, you know, we're going to go out there and fight. And, and he had that whole, you know, he had that whole Southern thing of, I'm going to pull out the chair for grandma. I'm going to go whoop your ass later tonight. And then I'm going to fuck your girl. And he had that <laughs> smile that worked for all of it because he was working the crowd. He was a great worker, um, and then and then him being in the FBI in when in ECW was equally ridiculous, and he was Shaquille Ali in USWA. Freddie Joe Floyd. No, I'm just kidding. Um, no. and see, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you can't you can't fault that. How many? No, no, I, I I'm laughing when I say that because I mean, look, at the end of the day, he had a he had to support himself and you do you you do the job pin me pay me i mean you can't blame him for that he was he was just doing his job you know another thing he gave one of the craziest this side of teddy hart craziest uh podcast interviews i've ever heard back when terry garvin sims did a podcast he basically got interviewed while he was at his job delivering pizzas and he kept getting disconnected and he kept going in the store for more pizzas and he kept having to go up to a house and but he stayed on the damn interview for over an hour it was and it was awesome that i'm glad you brought that up we we've never talked about that on his show he was on um i think it's called world wrestling domination was terry garvin sims or rip terry garvin i mean look, yeah there's we, another we one talked about him um are, yeah so tracy was at his job He's on the phone. He's doing his hour and a half long podcast with Terry. And I remember at one point he said something like something was going on at work. And I think Terry, Terry's like, hey, everything all right? He's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Fuck them. If they fire me, let them try to fire me. They ain't going to fire me. Like he's going off. And he, he was at the shoot job. It was the greatest thing uh, Terry Garvin Sims had some some tremendous podcasts, including the one with Robert Fuller that he that they allowed us to re-air here. But yeah, I remember that, and uh, I don't know if it's still available or out there, but it was hilarious, and Tracy was hilarious. But you know, Tracy's a uh, one of a kind man. He was again. I mean, you ha- you heard when he was on the show with with us. He he was well, and here's he was, another. But here's another thing. So you know. As a hustler, as a worker, as an old school guy who had to had to eke out a living, you would never think a guy like him would be involved with the insane clown posse. But he had nothing. He worked with the the juggalo thing, and I'm not, you know, it's not my thing. But I, I ain't hate on it. He worked with them for years and and put them over. I mean, he was a worker. No other way to say it. He 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 he. Tracy could captivate an audience, man. I mean, he was just that damn good. So I'm looking Working. on his Wikipedia page, and I don't agree with this. So I always like to go down to the bottom where they have the championships and accomplishments piece. And it says here that for Pro Wrestling Illustrated, they ranked him 371 of the 500 best singles wrestlers during the PWI years. 
Now I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna sit here and say there's 370 better wrestlers than him. I ain't gonna say he there's, you know, he's in the top ten, but yeah, it's all subjective. I mean, it's a, the PWIs will work anyway. So what does that mean? But he was the. Uh-uh. It says here he was the beat the champ in Smoky Mountain three times, the uh-huh. heavyweight champion twice, the tag team champion once. And yeah, so, he held all the titles. And let me remind you, um, he had one of the most memorable matches in that promotion. Is that the chain, the chain match? The chain match. Yep. That was a bluegrass brawl. So clever and well done. And just, we had heel heat for burning a rebel flag, no? Oh, yeah. I mean, you can go back to the when Dirty White Boy. And and Ron Wright denounced their Southern heritage, and they burned the Rebel flag in the middle of the ring. I mean, they torched it. I ain't mean they lit a corner. They torched it in the middle of the ring, and and man, they had him handcuffed and they beat on him while he was handcuffed to the rope. But that feud ended up with them in a chain match at Bluegrass Brawl '93, I believe it was. And I don't know if I'm getting that year right, but anyway, long story short. One of the best matches you'll ever see. One of the best chain matches you'll ever see. Yeah, because those can be real boring if you don't do it right. And they did it right. I mean, they did it right. They did it right. It was tremendous. And tremendous. I, and you know what though, my, you know, we've we've seen Tracy bleed. We've seen him get mad and, and apologize to Bob Caudle because he stumbling because he was mad in a promo. We saw lots of really re- we. I mean, we saw just about everything. Um, the thing that still sticks in my mind, and it's kind of my lasting, you know, my forever image, I think, of Tracy was that first promo on his way in where he's sitting on the back porch swinging and they show him and he's out there driving the boat with his shirt off and he's just a good old Southern boy. Boy, they did that video package as good as it can be done for that. That's knowing your audience he's out there on a boat and he's going fishing and they shooting at his hair's flapping in the wind. Corny knew how to present him. He knew how to present him in that area. And those fans ate him up and loved every minute of it. So it's a sad, and here's the, God damn it. Here's the other thing. 58 fucking years old. That's That's not first thing. Yeah. That's not old, Mike. No, that's way too close to where we're at right now. Well, I didn't want to say it because it's not about us, but Jesus Christ, it's, it's, I mean, 58 is, you're supposed to have like years ahead of you that are, are not just crapping yourself and that, that, that's the shitty part. It ain't like he lived to be 85 years old. He got cut off early. Well, okay, so uh, you're right. It's not about us, but I wasn't trying to make it about us. I was just trying to point out that we're at an age where we look at that and we go, that's not that old. And everybody can agree to that. And I mean, it's one thing, you know, to lose Kamala at the age he was and Bullet Bob. Bullet Bob lived a blessed life. I mean, you know, but and I'm not saying that I was definitely not happy to see them go. But you look at Tracy. You look at Tracy, yeah. you look at Animal, and it's like, man, come on, that's not... Right! So it's not just Tracy, Animal, but I don't know, there's something weird, and it's, you know, it's not that big a deal. 
But like I think Animal was sixty. There's something about making it to sixty that's bullshit. But I mean, just fifty-eight. Come on, that's too young, man. Um, it, especially it's to what, a guy that was as nice as he was. It's just, it's very sad. Too so young. we're going to dedicate the rest of this show to to Tracy's the memory of Tracy. Um, you know, I, I have to believe that most of the people listening to this show are big fans of his just because they've been listening to this show this long. I got to tell you, Ben, um, Harper on text before, you know, he lost power today. We had a little, we have our little group text going that we were all, you know, that this one hurt. Yeah, I, I don't, I mean, I don't want to talk about it. You were messaging me and I was like, we'll talk about it later. I, I don't, I don't want to talk about it right now. It, it it's different. Like, it's one thing to know. It's one thing. I never met Animal. So it's one thing when Animal passes and it hit us. Because it's like, man, this guy was so great. He was one of the legends we watched growing up. And then with Bullet Bob. I never got to meet Bullet Bob. I never got to talk to him. Kamala. I never got to meet him. Never got to talk to him. Loved him. Loved everything about him. Mr. Wrestling 2, same thing. When you... When one of the... And I'm going to call Tracy a superstar because he, he was to me. I mean, he, he, made, he was a national television star in WCW. He was a regional territory champion in Smoky Mountain. He made his hay and made his hayway, heyday. He did well in ECW. I'll leave it at that. Um, he won the tag not, titles there. We're not going to talk about WWF. But my point is, uh, we got to know him, you know, and that's what the difference is when you look at somebody like him versus some of the other legends we've lost this year. you like, when you get to know somebody, and that's what I thought. I was like, this man was so generous, didn't ask me for a dime, was willing to do the show, looked forward to doing it. When I asked him to come back a second time, yeah, Mike, just call me. Let me know what day you want to do it or what day you can do it. And I remember last year when I called him, I was like, hey, Tracy, can we do it on Tuesday? He's like, oh yeah, he just let's let's do it, man. It's hot as can be out here, summertime. Let's do it on uh, sitting AC, and we'll record that day. I said, all right, let's do it. Um, he had to remind me. He texted me back. He said, hey, you want to do it next week? Cause I, I, you know, I try to be mindful of people's time. I don't want to just like badger them. And when he said that, I was like, yeah, let's do it next week. And this was like a couple weeks after X rated last year. So um, it's just. Uh, we had to just take a minute when um we we heard the news. I was hoping when I first heard the news, I saw it on Twitter. I was like, I hope that's not real. And then when Hopper said it, I knew it was real because I knew he would have gotten it from a reliable source. So on that note, R.I.P. Tracy Smothers. Thank you for everything you did in wrestling. We appreciate it, and we thoroughly enjoyed covering your nearly four years in Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Just say three years and seven months or so. Doc, any other thoughts? No, man, it's a tough one. You know, once again, we lose somebody too early, which is all too often the case in wrestling. Um, As you said, this one hits closer to home than most. And so now, um, you know, we tried to be, we played that one pretty straight because we're not complete shit heels. But now we're going to flip over and do the, the, the episode while we're here. <clears throat> and that ought to tell you, we're going to be, we're going to try to be ourselves for the rest of the way. And man, we're at, we're already into deep into June of 89 here on this damn Saturday night shit. 
we're almost run out of runway on the network. We can get rid of that bullshit. <laughs> um, my favorite sports team of all time, the Braves are playing again tonight. The 89 Braves. We got a <laughs> short show of 3828 that is chock the fuck full. So we're going to try to shift gears the best we can. And, you know, we got Harper with a hurricane. We lost a legend today, but it's our job to to keep putting out content and to be BTT, be the unprofessional podcast. So, Mike, I mean, l- l- let's be us. Let's be great. Like Doc said, we got Harper, who's out this week due to the hurricane, passing over as we speak. We lost Tracy Smothers this week, RIP. But, like Doc said... <laughs> The Braves are playing, so we've only got a 38-minute episode of Saturday night. So in in your words, I'm with you, Doc. Let's be great as we cover June the 24th, 1989, NWA Saturday Night on TBS. Okay, so the show opens. We see a replay of Luger turning on Steamboat from the last Clash of the Champions. Remember, you can get that at tinyurl.com slash BTT. The review of it, that is. Doc and I chopped it up. Cut almost two hours of audio on that great show. It was an enjoyable time. A really, really good clash. So, again, it's tinyurl.com slash BTT. Uh, and we go right from that recap of Luger turning on Steamboat to then uh, the ANW plug, which will become very normal in 89 Saturday night, where uh, ANW is evidently a title sponsor. Then we go to the go to the center stage. we got Jim Ross and Michael Hayes. They run down the matches we'll see. And we go quickly to the ring since it's only a 38-minute episode. But don't let the 38-minute episode fool you. It's jam-packed. What's God, Doc? What are you saying? That shirt, that tie-dye shirt that Hayes is wearing, he looks stupid here. He wears me out. I can't. I can't. When? When did this start for you? You know, Adam Price made a great point, made a great point on Twitter to me. And I get a lot of tweets, and I try my best to respond and correspond with our listeners out there. But Adam made a great tweet. Adam said, because, we, we, you know, we, you asked me, well, Hayes and JR in UWF, you never complained about them. And I couldn't put a finger on it. But Adam, Adam made the point so great. You know what it was? And Adam said it. Bill Watts. Wouldn't put up with Michael Hayes out there just basically constantly getting his stuff in to put himself over and not the talent. Bill Watts didn't allow it. So you got heel Hayes on commentary. You got Hayes doing his normal shtick on commentary, but it wasn't the runaway train it is in the NWA in 89. And don't worry, he's not going to be on commentary that much longer, and I'll just leave it at that. But that's what it is. Adam Price nailed it. So, Adam, shout out to you. Thank you, BTT Hall of Famer. Um, Doc, I know you asked me that. I got to play some audio from Corny right here because he says something that got him fired in 2020. Oh, I, I 100%. I had this down, too. You know, it is. <laughs> here he is. And, you know, the thing that I, I thought was funny is we always go, man, you can't do that today. Well, Here's a clear-cut, 100% example of shit that will get you fired today. <laughs> and this, this is this is the first of like three times that he's he said it throughout his time in wrestling. So keep I that just, in mind. All right, I, I I just don't understand 
First of all, it's a little bit dated, I think, because the drought and famine might have been over in Ethiopia. I don't want to be culturally insensitive to starving children, but I thought Live Aid was in like 84, and that was for the Ethiopian relief. But he's a little behind there, but it just doesn't seem, I don't know, play it. We'll talk about it on the other side. I mean, we've heard it before, but here it is. Um, This is Corny introducing the Midnight and uh, Dr. Death who are in um, in this first match uh, on the show. Here it is. Ladies and gentlemen, here he is. The only man pumping up this truck, a bucket of fried chicken on his back and around a motor scooter across Ethiopia, Dr. Death Steve Williams. So you heard it. I mean, the, there's a little music playing in the background, but um, repeats, he, you know, Dr. Death is is strong he's tough enough to strap a bucket of fried chicken on his back um and ride Careful. through ethiopia that oh i'm repeating what corny said you okay. don't want to get fired by the nwa <laughs> um so okay um, so go ahead here's the thing how is that racist how is what racist this this the statement yeah because i think he got fired because it was supposed to be racist but it's not racist it's insensitive to starving people you know, we never talked about when he got fired, but I, I, I'm, he, oh man. So take a side for a second if you find what he said offensive, whether you find it offensive or not. Put that to the side. The thing that kills me about him getting fired for it in 2020 was that he said it. He didn't say it on live TV. So it passed fine in post-production. And then he got fired or told we no longer need your service. I don't know if he technically got fired, so maybe I shouldn't say that. Well, so my point is it wasn't until it aired and then there was somebody had to bitch. Yes. Which all I'm saying is if the powers that be above him evidently didn't have a problem with it Mm. during the taping nor did they have a problem with it in post-production. Yeah, I see what you're saying. And then it was a problem. So I'm not even trying to debate. If you're offended by it, well, whatever floats your boat. Let me break this down just a little bit, not a lot. I guarantee you, so there is the old racist piece that for some reason, and I've never understood this, that black people prefer fried chicken. Now, I'm White Lashley, and I'm going to tell you right now, I love me some fried chicken as much as any black person that's ever lived. That's just a fact. But, so is it racist because he was going to do it in an African country because in an African country in the middle of a famine, it could have been fucking day old bread or stale crackers. They were starving. So I don't get, I don't, I don't get the, I've never understood the fried chicken thing either. I, I, I know just as many white folks as black folks that love fried chicken. God almighty. I could eat it every day of my life. I mean, I'd weigh 300 pounds and be dead, but <laughs> anyway, 
you're talking to a guy who puts salt on his watermelon, so don't worry about me. <laughs> but the point there you made is somebody started bitching and complaining, and Corny got in trouble. The one that's the one place where I have it over Corny is y'all can bitch and complain about me all you want, but I ain't going nowhere. So how about that? <laughs> okay. Um Okay. And hey, just remember, I, Mike is supposed to be getting together all the people that want to talk about Van Halen with me, and we're going to do a roundtable podcast. So that's not true. Don't say that. We actually were supposed to talk to Hopper tonight about scheduling it for another Monday. So I don't know. With this hurricane, we'll have to see how things shape up to see when we can do that. Uh, I don't know when we're going to do that now. But um, any other thoughts on, on Corny? What, okay, I, I Corny? do. And this is the real problem with what I had with him getting fired. Is you hired him because of his past. And you fired him when he recreated that same thing. The very same thing he used to do. And what it reminds me of is a few years ago. And I don't know which... which uh, I don't watch award shows, but I do remember hearing about this. So, you know, like, um, Seth MacFarlane, he's the guy who created the family guy, right? Yeah. And I don't watch that show, but cause really all I, I watch is wrestling and sports and that's kind of a shoot. Um, but he's a, he can be a pretty, you know, edgy heel kind of character kind of guy. And I think it was like the, the, I don't know, the Emmys or whatever, the Oscars. Maybe it was the Oscars. And they were like, ooh, he's edgy. He's hot. We need to have Seth MacFarlane on. And so they brought him on, and he cut a bunch of promos on people, and everybody freaked out <laughs> and complained. Oh, my God. We'll never have – and they had a promise they'd never have him back to host. And it's like you hired him to come in and be him, and he was, and then you got mad. That shit's like being mad at the snake for biting you. Motherfucker, you picked up the snake. Or Harper's analogy with the pit bull. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I just again that's some that's some bullshit to me. Obviously in eighty nine nobody blinked an eye. Um, nobody blinked an eye at that in eighty nine. And, and it's it's a hell of a visual because, you know, I I know why he picked the bu- the fried chicken, because that shit came in a bucket. It's I, the it's the same thing we talked about last week with the dented left front fender on Funk's car. It creates a visual. I can see fucking Doctor Death on a scooter on a motorcycle with a red and white striped bucket of fried chicken strapped to his back. Yelling and screaming and having fun as he motorcycles down the the streets of Addis Ababa, which is the capital city of Ethiopia. I played that line for my wife when he got fired. I said, listen to this. I want to hear your thoughts. And she looked at me like, why are you playing this? She was like, Even after she heard it, I said, I said, listen to I said, listen to what he's saying. I said, he said. This man is so tough, he can put a bucket of fried chicken on his back and ride through Ethiopia. And she was like, so that just means he's tough. I guess she was like, like a bucket of chicken does sound pretty good right about now. She, she, she just didn't even blink. It's stupid. And, and, and if, if you want, it's not racist. It's insensitive of starving people, but he's a heel. 
I, that's the other side. He's a he's he he is a he. Well, technically, that's the funny part. He's a baby face right here. If we want to go that far, but I well, it, it is in the south, so you know, whatever. I don't know. Again, so it's a great. First of all, it's a great line because it's great imagery. It's it's and it and it you know in the eighties especially. I mean, Ethiopia. We saw start pictures of starving kids, and just that was awful. Yeah. And and the only man tough enough to to do that was Doctor Death. Well, shit, he must be tough. Well, Imagine what off. these people would do for some chicken. Imagine what I would do for some chicken. Uh, I would do a whole lot for a box of Popeyes chicken. Okay, so let me let me back, say this. Back in the old days with KFC, did you like original or extra crispy? Oh, the crispy, extra crispy. Yeah. Damn right. That's the. I don't know, man. I like those spices in the original, but you know, I like. I'd like to have like one piece of the original and maybe like two extra crispy. You know what I'm saying? I I was a Popeyes guy though. I mean, Popeyes started in New Orleans, so I was. That was my. That was my deal. Popeyes was the stuff, man. I love Popeyes. Popeyes is. You're gonna find this real hard to believe, but Popeyes was too spicy for me. Popeyes was some spicy stuff, man. Um, yeah, I can't. I can't go there. Your, yeah, I love some Popeyes. Here's the thing about what Corny said, and I'll leave it at that. And we'll keep moving. It takes a lot to offend me. I just don't get worked up. I mean, you know what? You, you know what offends me when people like Triple H and WWE decide to, to, to freaking like when China passed away, and all of a sudden they had all these wonderful things to say about China. I was like. Shut up with the grandstanding. That offends me. Stuff See, like that is offensive. Corny saying what he said here, it's a goddamn wrestling program. See, it's a work. The things that offend me, if you're going to act on something, tell you a guy like Sullivan. You know who that dude is, Lars Sullivan? It's uh, made, yes. He's made racist and homophobic comments, but he was in yeah, like he's, yeah. They, yeah. Man, I'd make him do a gimmick that was so bad but they won't <laughs> uh, and, and, current talk but yeah we should probably keep going because this is a good yeah. episode we need to get back to the to the topics at hand well let's go now again the midnight express and dr death defeat Keith stein Moore and jeff james and fred avery michael mm. hayes I, like i said he he was wearing me out on commentary did you see um, did you see um stan have a hard time getting his leg up because steinborn wouldn't get down far enough for him at the beginning mm. i don't have a time stamp but it's real early on and it was like man stan should have just kicked him in the fucking face <laughs> you probably thought about it um during the match they show corny and hayes they're cutting like some weak promos on each other while the match is going on that Dr. was stupid yeah, I don't like that because it takes away from what's going on in the ring. But but also from it, that, it was hard because Corny didn't have a mic. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You can't hear it and all you see is two guys yelling back and forth and Hayes is getting all this stuff in. But we go then, from that. Well, and I, I had a note. It says, oh, you know, by the way, there's a match going on here. That's why I said that. They're doing it during a match, which is I don't I don't agree with that. I think Corny and Hayes should have just let the guys in the ring do their thing and then go to what we're about to show on the video version and listen to here. So let's go to that. After the match, Corny's in the ring with the Midnight and Dr. Death. Hayes is still on the mic. He's with the, the Freebirds have now come out. Here it is. I'll tell you what, Michael Hayes, if you're so proud of those belts and proud of your brothers, then why don't you just 
granted. Let's let's get something straight here, Jack. There needs to be something that he understands that you obviously don't, okay? We are world champions. We are super. Does it look like we came to wrestle? What we came to do, ask any woman in this audience what she'd like to do to us right now. And I guarantee you, it ain't got nothing to do with fighting. Forget it. Forget it. What Listen, I'll tell funny. you what any woman in this audience would like to do with you, and that's buy you some clothes to replace those Salvation Army drop box rejects. Look at that cow. Hey, hey, let me tell you something. You might be good at running your mouth. But I'm, if you don't shut up, I'm going to run this size 12 where the sun don't shine. Hey, I ain't no fighter, but these guys are. And they'll make your breath smell like kiwi boot polish, brother. <laughs> Wait, you know something? I would have expected it. I would have expected it. He's going to and lose a job. You know yes, he I mean? does. You know why? Because this is our show. Get off of it. I would have expected Michael Hayes to be a coward. the day that you were yellow. Mm. Mm -mm. That's how it's done. Look at that. Dr. Nash keeping his eye on Michael Hayes. You let him play, Doc. Oh, sweet stand yeah. over the top, but he comes right back up. This is not a match. All right, so I turned down the sound as Doc and I continue to watch this. All that yapping leads to a brawl between the Freebirds and Corny's guys and Midnight Express. On the outside, Dr. Death's making sure Michael Hayes doesn't get involved. And on the inside, we actually see the Midnight pin um, Jimmy Garvin and, quote-unquote, the Freebirds lose, although it really wasn't a match. But you, like you said, that's how it's done. All that yapping, they didn't yap for that long. They went back for about a minute, and then it was like, bullshit, pal. And it was a fight. They got to go long enough that Corny hit the right line. He called him a coward in yellow. And Gordy yes. took off his shirt. No music played. We didn't have to wait. There was no announcers. He took off for the ring. He didn't stop. He hit the ring and started throwing blows. Or getting yeah. hit. No, no. I'll, I'll be right back. Hold this. I'll be right, right back, up. Michael. <laughs> and he started, he got in there. Look at Bobby Eaton throw them punches on Gordy and Gordy, Gordy Sella, Sella, man. man. These, here's the problem. This would have been much better with Garvin not involved and it being Gordy and Hayes. But, uh, you know, then Stan skins the cat and comes back inside. Dr. Death is holding him up. This was great because, I, you know, I know Hayes is getting on your nerves. But Hayes was better there because that was his element, was cutting a promo on a fight. So he's really good in that setting and him and Corny going back and forth is wonderful. Yeah. And Hayes starts fussing on commentary towards the end of it. When the free birds get pinned, when, when Garvin gets pinned right here that we're going to see Hayes starts yelling on commentary, you know, uh, that didn't count. That didn't count. And he's right. It technically didn't count, but 
Like you see it right there. Garvin gets pinned, Stan rolls him up, cradles him, and uh, and the crowd Hayes is starts super losing it. Into this, yeah. Well, you know, we ain't out there for look. It's a thirty-eight minute episode. We're not out there for twenty minutes, just you know, holding our crotch and reciting freaking lines. I mean, we're not out there just you know play. The big, the biggest thing about that was Gordy didn't hear heard something he didn't like and said, "Fuck it." Yeah, I'm Let's tired go. of this. I'm taking this into my own hands. You just called me happened. a coward. You just called me yellow, and that's some bullshit. I can't stand by. I gotta go get this. Shirt off and headed to the ring. And I'm <laughs> and, and we're done talking. Talk time they, is over. The talk other thing time is over. The other thing that's good about that is again the world champs in what could be perceived as the number one contenders, depending on how you play this, just got into a beatdown in a promo war on Saturday night. That's a big deal yeah. for the crowd. Yeah, they think he's time out there. Yeah, and you don't even know what happened. You just had an enhancement talent match, but then you had a real match after that. It wasn't really a match, and there's there overall Just think about excitement. back in like 80, 86, maybe into early 87, there'd be a lot of standoffs in the ring. Dusty would roll in and, and chase somebody off with Magnum or whomever, usually the horseman. But... Dusty didn't do a lot of in-ring action. They just got after it right there, pal. Dusty would, um, they'd mix it up every now and then. Dusty never wrestled in the studio, though. Uh, Flair we would never, We never saw him in a match in the studio once. Yeah, I, don't, I, I was trying to remember. I thought we did maybe once, but it wasn't often. All right. So, after all that, the conflict, we go to commercial, we come back. Hayes has something to say on the microphone. Uh, Listen to Jr. instigating the fight. And well, he was in, in the birth. Jr. was instigating in the first. Come on, why don't you? Come on. Yeah. Well, he continues it here. Let's listen to Jr. now. Wait, Hayes is complaining. Here it is. And we're back here, ladies. Hey, why don't you hey, guys hey, go take a shower? We cool. ain't taking nothing. <laughs> we want a back, and ain't nothing gonna okay. happen. All right, listen. Everybody, listen to this. You said that you could beat the Midnight Express anywhere, anytime, right? Very good, Einstein. All right. You said that you could beat him for the title anytime, right? Didn't we already do it and prove right. it? They just embarrassed you on national television. They embarrassed nobody. Why don't you wrestle him right here tonight? Why don't you wrestle him right here tonight? You get him back out here and I'll beat some brains out right here. Well, we'll get him back out here and you get ready to wrestle. What do you mean, tonight? Tonight, right tonight. now. Tonight. No, no, no. We got plans for tonight. Well, yeah, you always got a plan. If you're the real free birds like you say you are, and you're the real tag team champions, you'll wrestle the Midnight Express Maybe we tonight. Knock him out first. I tell you what, you got a little bit of time for us to go get dressed. Yes, we'll make the time. All right, you get ready, Jack. It's going to be showtime. All right, we'll have that championship match. You guys get dressed. The Midnight Express and the Freebirds for the championship later in the hour. And now let's go up to Rhubarb Jones. I love that. Gordy. What'd you think? Every. Look, I was I was a big fan in and all of Gordy in the 80s when I was a kid. When I I mean when I got into wrestling, it was right, and I mean right at the time he slammed that door on Kerry. But I will tell you, in the last couple of years, watching different things with him on the network, and then as his starting to reemerge, 
in the NWA. And I'm not talking about later on when, you know, he he had the issues. But when I go back and watch him, I like him more every time I see him. And that's hard because I already liked him a lot. He's just a no-nonsense, big-ass, big, raw bone fuck-it wrestler. Like, man, I'm here to drink beer and wrestle. And you know what? I need more of that in my life. The man took a back bump on the concrete in the middle of the summer in Dallas, Texas. <laughs> in a Got out of that van. Freebirds. That, Gosh. you are a man's man taking a back bump on 120 degree concrete in the summer in Dallas. First, that concrete's hot. Second, you just took a back bump on it. <laughs> that ain't moving, brother. Yeah. He's just, he bumps, he, he's, he's so athletic. His promos aren't the best, but they don't have to be because they're believable as all hell. That's him. And with that said, it sounds like we're going to have a title match later. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You need to go. It does. It does. It does. And you're going to run this, the, the video version back, aren't you? Uh, to Sting versus Chance Myers, or w- w- which part? Okay, I gotta ask, yeah, because I gotta ask you a question about this. I'm listening. Do you know who Chance Myers is? Stop, stop. Who is that? I don't know who he is, but I'm gonna, I did a little research. Okay. How old do you think that guy is? Right there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 36. Okay, so he's, how would you describe his look? He looks like Brutus Beefcake in the face and Buddy Landale everywhere else. Um, well, he's got those tights on that are kind of weird too, so I I don't know how to describe him. But he's got yeah, he, bleach blonde hair. He's not, he's not working down at Jiffy Lube with that look. No, no, he's not. Well, no, that's not true. He might be down at Jiffy Lube. True. Um, he was a wrestler around the South for many years. I did some looking. He died. Um, I forget how he died. I was drunk looking this up the other night. Oh, great. Yeah, that happens. Um, but he's thirty-three right there. Okay, I I, not, I went down from forty to thirty six, so I wasn't too far off. But By he, the way, Lance, won, you know, he 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 ate the Magnum TA pen right there. He sure did. did. Uh, this shit was I've over actually his... got that in my notes. That's my notes. My notes literally say Sting wins like Magnum used to win in fifteen seconds. Yeah. All right. Okay. So what else did you have from uh, Sting versus uh, Chance, Chance Meyer? Meyer. He was a he was a long time Southern indie wrestling guy, so I wonder if we'll see him anymore. But dude, he looks old there. He ain't thirty three, but he died and he died later on. He was fifty three when he died. So I did the numbers and it's like shit. That's young. But we there's no way that, that guy's thirty three. There's just no way. That's my point. I said forty, but because you said how old do you think he is, that's why right, I was right. I set you up there. Yeah. 
You know, Lance and I were talking, we were just doing the uh, a episode on the World Class Show on Patreon when Percy Pringle comes in. Like, they mention him, and Rude's been in a couple times, but Pringle shows up for the first time. Without looking, how old do you think Percy Pringle was when he first showed up in World Class? Oh, I would have said 47. No. Well, in fairness, you're not looking at him when you say that. If you saw him, you wouldn't have said that. He's 31 when he first starts. But see, I would have never said that. I also saw Lance post something that said that in Lance Von Eric's debut, he got to wrestle Ric Flair. Is that right? Uh, I believe uh, not his television debut, though. Okay. He was, he was, uh, he posted a card. Yeah. That, that whole situation's weird because we just reviewed the episode where they introduce him. And, oh, Fritz is praising him and talking about him, how great he is. And we go from that to just not that much later down the line, Fritz burying him on TV. And my whole thought was, hey, asshole, you're the one who praised him. Don't, I mean, you, you, you look even dumber. If you'd have been old enough to wrestle back then, you'd have been Lucius, Lucius Von Eric. They were looking for anybody. (laughs) Rufus Von Eric. Oh boy. Like I had a, I had a dalliance back in the sixties with, (laughs) with our maid. And this is our son. All right. Let's keep it moving. Uh, we got a Sting promo, which is followed by Luger. Now, Sting says in his promo, he's disappointed in Lex, but Lex comes out and Lex is like, brother, hold on a second. Uh, should we should we listen to Lex? Because Lex is pretty good here. I he, He's not bad. And the other thing, I, I just, why is Lex wearing those bolo ties everywhere? Those are so, uh, what is it? I could see Har- Harper going. Nothing says 1989 like a bolo tie. I, I hated those things. That was hated so stu- them. Stupid. They were dumb. Sting is out there though. He's disappointed in Lex, and then Lex comes out to address Sting. And Sting was really weak in the little this minute is, that he I mean, talked. So this is something that you said on when you were on the Dutch show. Luger has a really good year this year. And now that he's pivoted into that that heel role, he's back home. You can see the distance standing on this screen. You can see the distance between him and Sting and the growth. Well, Luger starts cutting his promo, and he starts telling the people, if you get an autograph of mine, you yeah. better cherish you, you If you got one, cherish it, because you ain't getting no more. That's great. And then he... T- that's great. And then he tells the women, keep your flowers. I already got my pick of the litter. Mm. Like, he's such a, a hateable heel by making that statement. I mean, it's phenomenal when he says that. That's it's, good it's stuff. It's so great. I even heard there was there were there were some cheers, actually, in the crowd when he was cutting his promo. And then some some brother in the crowd goes, you tell him, Lex. And I was like, he's even getting cheers because he's such a complete, complete jackass to these people. I mean, but to tell people, if you got an autograph of mine, cherish it because you ain't getting no more. So, and so then let me to ask, tell the women, so, keep your flowers. I got my pick of the litter. That's phenomenal. I want to ask you something, though. Mm-hmm. Because I, you know, I think I think we would all subscribe to the theory that says, you know, a heel should be a heel 
for the fans. And, and I get 2020 is not like 1987, but we should try to the degree that we can. Um, and I've heard, you know, MVP saying he got talked to by WWF or WWE when he was a heel and he, some kid walks up and asks for an autograph and he crumbled it up and threw it on the ground because that's mm-hmm. what he thought he was supposed to do. So my question to you is, I know your theory in 1989. How do you play that today? I think you still play it that same way today. And when you get cheers, you address it. You go, I don't need your damn cheers. You ain't shit. I mean, I'm not talking about 2020 because it's everything's COVID, but I'm talking about like 2019 or hopefully 2021, uh, 2022. It's like, do, do you, do you, I mean, do you go full MJF on social media and just scorch everybody? Like when he went off on that special needs kid? Well, yeah. Dude, that was rough. I mean, did you hear Corny recently on his show? He said he MJF rode with him once and they were coming out of some <laughs> yes. MLW deal and they were in a rough part of town and he was cutting promos on people. And Corny was like, brother, let's get out of Dodge first and let's get in this car before we're cutting these promos. And I know what Corny was thinking. I know what he was thinking because... It's one thing to talk tough, but you're at you're near your car, and it's only two of y'all, and there's a bunch of fans, and you're still popping off at the mouth. It's like, brother, just get in the car, bro. Okay, you ain't got no Corny's barricade also, around Corny's you. Right also, now. And and you know we're Jim Cornette guys. But Corny's also thinking this shit's a lot different when you're making the money he was making then versus now. That's the other part too. <laughs> and I, you know, and I'm a lot older than I used to be. Where and was I that MLW I think it, I forget what he said. It, was it, it in Chicago? Old? I'm sorry, bro. I'm just trying to think of what the gun laws are there. Because I, I, I'm almost wondering if Corey's got well, that, a gun Corey's like, hey, I forgot him. to bring my pistol or I didn't put a horseshoe in my tennis racket. Come on. Yeah, that's why I was, that's why I was, that's why I was thinking why Corny might have said that. Because he's thinking to himself, well... I don't know what Illinois state laws are regarding guns, and and Corny's basically said he's he he, he doesn't he he would always have a gun on him um in the car at least, and I'm thinking to myself if he can't travel with his gun, he's like brother, it's just me and you out here, and it's dark and it's not the best part of town. How about you get in this car so we can drive off MGF while you're over this spot off the mouth? That's just you know, and, and so the point is, how do you play this in 2020 when? People have more access to to the you know it, it's people know more and have more access, but man, I I give it up for MJF to keep those appearances up because that's that's living the gimmick. Rod Price said once on the show to me one of the times he was on was a great statement. He said, you know, back in the day there was no internet, so the fans that saw us on television and the fans that saw our image. You know, there was an air of mystery to us. Like they didn't know, you know, they, you know, they didn't, they didn't know if we were like, you know, real shooter, real hooker. They had no idea. You know, they didn't really know who we were. And I say that saying like Rod's a legit tough guy. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to fight him in a shoot fight because he, especially in his prime. I mean, he was. What did you say the, this past week? Well, maybe not back then, but now with his back, you could take him, right? Okay. I didn't say that, but all right. Oh. Um, 
but my point is like in in his prime i mean you know he was 260 pounds and he was pretty damn jacked i mean you would you'd have to be a hell of a man to to take him on because again he had a knockout punch and but he it's that mystery I mean, it's that mystery right. i don't want to see abdul the butcher picking out produce at kroger that's that's right. That was the point he was making. Nowadays, you can look people up and know their background instantly and know where they if went they're to, a legit tough a, guy. And, and I'll tell you this. I've never told this story on the on the show. Um, my parents have told me this story that before I was born in the early 70s, they lived in an apartment complex in Dallas. And in the same complex. There was a wrestler named Chris Markoff, and you can go look. I mean, that's a little bit before our time, Mike, but you could go look him up. He was on an episode of Mid-Atlantic in like 81, 82 on the network, but they said he was a he was a bad guy wrestler. They don't that my, my parents don't know kayfabe. So they're, <laughs> they don't give a shit. He was a bad guy. <laughs> they literally do not understand when I say we're we're on a show. They're like, what? Not many people uh, hate it, but keep it's going. not even like they hate it like the wives do. They just don't get it. But anyway, they would say that Markov was a bad guy and that he would strut around the pool that when they would go out and tan every day. And I think, man, I think it was him and Bronco Lubich, actually. And that they would actually be heels at the pool. And <laughs> Live the gimmick, man. Yeah, that's and, how you do it, bro. And my parents were both like, those guys were pricks. And it's a testament to to the to the you know, you had to live it twenty four seven, which I don't think you can do anymore unless you're super committed like MJF. Uh yeah. Uh uh uh. Different time, bro. Different time. But to the point you were making as we're getting off topic here, there was the air of mystery. You didn't have the internet. You couldn't look people well, up. And that's the other piece of it that's phenomenal. And it goes back to whether you're Fritz von Mulkey looking at a trifold vinyl record that you got, and that's all you knew about Van Halen or Led Zeppelin or Iron Maiden or whomever, whoever you were looking at versus now I can go get every song they've ever written and know everything about them. It's the same as, as I mean, shit. There's Dublin records. There aren't pictures of them. I don't even know what these guys look like and they're singing this shit. Or, you know, I Sullivan says this a lot. Kevin Sullivan says, you know, it's better to leave the mystery and let the people think up what we're doing and fill in the gaps because what they're going to come up with is actually worse than what we we would do. Is I spent hours of my youth thinking about what Kamala or Abdullah were doing on Tuesday night. Hell, I didn't know they were in Lawton, Oklahoma, wrestling for 600 people. I thought he was out practicing his cannibalism. <laughs> yeah, we didn't know. We didn't know. It was a different world. It, it was a different day, a different time. And we say this a lot. I mean, we say this a lot. You know, in our 40s, having access to everything, sports every night of the week on TV, the entertainment options that we have, the information we have access to is phenomenal. But the mystery of when we were kids and not knowing shit allowed our imaginations to grow in ways that were phenomenal. 
The imagination will take you places that the reality never will. And that is what made some parts of wrestling in the territory days when you didn't have information at your fingertips so phenomenal. The Kamalas, the Abdullahs. Well, and on some level, don't you think it's because you don't it allows them not have to work you. They have to present just enough so that you can work yourself. Oh, yeah, you work yourself. I mean, it happened to adults back then, too, because they didn't have access to that information. It was all part of it. That's it, Mike. As... Cut the Internet off. We're done with the Internet. We're going back to the territory days. <laughs> you sound like Cornette, man. <laughs> oh, boy. All right, let's keep moving on this episode of NW Saturday Night because that was a great discussion. I really enjoyed it. Well, we, we finally go to the match between the Freebirds and the Midnight Express. Now, Doc, before I recap the finish of these four guys working their asses off here, I want you to tell me what you got. Now, when I say the Freebirds, it is Hayes and Garvin who are in there wrestling. Gordy's on the outside. Corny's on the outside with the Midnight. What do you have from this thing? And you got any timestamps you wanted to talk about or anything before I go to the finish? I don't have any timestamps. I'm going to speak directly to our friends in the UK with this. I'm going to make an analogy here that is, um, I, I recently got in English, English soccer or football in the last three or four years. And I had, I wasn't a bandwagon jumper. I had somebody I knew that got me into, uh, Liverpool. And without going too deep into this, every time I watch the free birds and I see Gordy standing out front out on the side, on the, on the outside, I think, they haven't put their best team on the floor. The Freebirds, that is. And it reminds me of English soccer where they play league matches and tournament matches two, three times a week sometimes. And they never, you know, they have to determine what's the most highest priority match and put their best team on the, on the field. But they can't put their best team on the field every time because they'd be tired. My whole thing is this. If I'm facing the Midnight Express, I'm putting Gordy on the on the apron, pal. I think the reason they did this is because Garvin and Hayes are I don't want to give anything away, but they're like the mainstays. Well, yeah, I'm sure Gordy well, I'm not sure, but I would like to think um Gordy has told him, Hey, I'm going back to Japan at some point. Well, you know, Lance and I, actually, it's funny you bring this up. We just had a discussion about Gordy. And um, without giving, the, it was a really good discussion about him overall. But without giving the whole thing away, we talked about how one of the things about Gordy in world class is he was there for nearly two plus years straight without being anywhere yeah. else. From innovating to... But isn't that just because... the the money and the heat was such that it was comparable to what the travel and the money was in Japan. Something like that. But what I want to say though, is that is for us, for us, the longest time he stayed in one place. Yeah. So Papa was a rolling stone, pal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got to know him from the, in those two years again. Well, it was and he's, he's also wouldn't you say he's also, um, like if he'd have come in ten years earlier, he's in that borderline size category and freakish ability to bump that he almost was like attraction size versus just 
wrestler size. I don't know. I think he was perfect for his time, as big as he was, the way oh, as I agree. he was. I think he fit. That's the thing about Gordy. I think he fits in any era. I think oh, yeah. any era you put don't him in, you could put him in 2020 and he's perfect. He'd teach a bunch of people some things. Yeah. So uh, the finish of this thing, you're kind of watching a replay. The Midnights are about to hit their finisher, but Gordy pushes Bobby Eaton off. Well, he punches him, and Bobby Eaton flies off the top rope. Eaton nails the barricade really hard on the outside, sells it great. Mm-hmm. Corny and Stan go to check on Bobby, who, you know, he really hit that damn thing hard. You can hear it. He hit it so hard, the crowd, literally, they, like, kind of die because they're concerned about about Bobby Eaton. And the fans in the front row, I mean, they, they heard it, and they're cringing. You can see it on the replay. The Midnight lose because they are counted out. I thought that was a pretty good way of getting out of that without doing anything as far as switching a title. What, what did you think, Doc? Yeah, I mean, they weren't going to do anything major on TV. They got after it in the ring. They had a hellified match. What's not to like? And we got a pay-per-view coming up in a month, July 23rd. Hey, I believe hey, it is. Hey. So, you know, we, we'll have to see what happens there. If they're going to face each other, I don't know. Well, I do know, but I don't want to spoil anything. So I'll just say I don't know for hey, now. Hey, guys, we've already started making plans for when we're going to record that. We're getting ready. Uh, yep. Put that on the old behind the old paywall, and uh, I'm sure it'll be great like everything else we do. If my projections are correct... We'll record that the week of Thanksgiving, and it will be released the the week after Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is one of our favorite holidays, right? Oh, we got to play the annual Thanksgiving tradition. How to bless the meal. <laughs> we have that glorious six-minute segment, or however long it is, that we play every single year. Uh, how to give thanks, BTT style, I think is what we call it. All right. going to be a fun time. All right. So let's keep moving. Uh, Midnight lose by count out because of um, Bobby hitting the barricade. We then go from that to the Steiner brothers. And this is the first time we hear a name here. So let's play it now and listen to uh, what we're talking about. Here it is. As they've helped uh, Bobby Eaton out of the ring, I want to invite uh, the part of the first family of wrestling to come in. Uh, Rick Steiner and Scott Steiner, Missy Hyatt, and... A new young lady here. I told you you had a girlfriend, didn't I? Is this, a, this is the girlfriend, huh? Right there. Not my girlfriend. Shut up. What's your girlfriend? your girlfriend. You're holding her hand? Huh? You're holding her arm? Hold her arm. What's her? You know, introduce us or what? Uh, this is Rock. Hey, Rock, we're on TV. Tell them where you're from. Hi, I'm from Milwaukee. Laverne and Shirley. Laverne and Shirley. So, uh, this, this is your uh, new girlfriend, huh? It's just a girl. Hey, hey, hey. Why is something wrong having girlfriends? You know, that's, that's a neat deal. What do you got? I got something for her Are you going to give her a present? Fancy's going to give her a little present here. Hey! Ricky, those are our neighbor's flowers. Get neighbor's flowers. Fans, uh, Robin, it was nice meeting you. and. Uh-oh, well, hey, we better get out of here. Sign now the A&W Cream Soda Tag Team King of the Slam. Rick Flair. All right, Doc, so that's the first time we hear the name Robin. Um, And I got to tell you, I think you were a little bit critical of this whole thing last week, but I'm going to tell you, they are going to tell a great story between her and the Steiners and Missy and where all that leads. Okay. 
You don't I, sound too invested in it right now. Not yet. I, I Here's the thing, and I've been real honest about this. I've never watched this, so I don't know what happens. I think you know what happens because you've seen some things months from now where she's managing a certain tag team and things like that, but you've never watched it week by week. You've seen some no. pay-per-views with it. You've seen... You've seen so, some things, so my you just point haven't is, seen I'm not weekly. hating on this as much as I just want to see the Steiners get to be in the Steiners that are just ripping raw. Oh, well, we're 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 near that. I mean, you got to remember, man, Scott's only been here for about 2 months now. I mean, he's not been here that long. So, we're we're still getting acquainted with you know, I, it's easy for us to look back and go, "Oh, the Steiners, they were badass." But this is this is I mean this this guy's been in the promotion only for a couple months right now. That's not my problem. I hear you. Well, so the Steiner brothers are taking on Snake Brown and Cruel Connection. During the match, Sullivan comes out and he grabs Steiner's girlfriend's flowers. So Robin has her flowers and Sullivan destroys the flowers and Robin is heartbroken out there. And let me tell you something. They've got her in these baggy clothes and this hat with these nerdy looking They're glasses. They're covering up the goods, bro. They, this is a masterful job of covering up what's, and I'm not, I am not trying to um, sound like a creep. I'm just saying, we know Nancy Sullivan, AKA woman is a beautiful woman, beautiful woman. And it is amazing how covered up they have her where you have no idea what how that she looks in underneath the 80s it. When her in that black bikini and PWI with Sullivan God Almighty. That shit you, sent me long, that launched me into puberty. Dude, she they have her covered up so well. What a <clears> freaking <throat> belly to belly. Yeah, Overhead oops. belly to belly. They have her covered up so well. It is amazing. It, it, I mean, she, it's it's incredible. And and they're gonna She's going to show the goods. Well, you know what I mean. I mean, she's going to be decked uh, well, out. Yeah, here, um, right now, okay. Missy's too busy showing the goods. Yeah, Missy's out there with the Steiners. So um, the Steiners are going to win. Um, That overhead belly to belly, here it comes well, on replay, Doc. Rough. Here we get it in slow motion to see how Cruel Connection takes this. I'm going to hug you. He takes you. it good. He's fine. He gets yeah, over. He, got, it he doesn't... got on over. He got on over. Yeah. yeah. It was all right. It was all right. Cruel Connection. Crew Connection 1, I believe that is, um, goes over just fine. So a phenomenal, phenomenal uh, belly, uh, overhead belly-to-belly, as I call it, and the Steiners are going to pick up the win. Any other thoughts on that match or anything we saw there with Robin? No, I don't think so. Okay. Well, we do need to go to Terry Funk. Um, Let's hear what Terry Funk's got to say right here. Ladies and gentlemen, I... Scheduled to talk to Terry Funk. As you fans know, here next week on the program at uh, 6.05 Eastern Time, we'll have the press conference with Nature Boy Ric Flair. And we will find out at that time exactly the world's champion's future. And here's the man that put him out of action. And next week, we're seven days away from an announcement. I'm sure that you probably aren't looking forward to at all, are you? Oh, yes, I am looking forward to that particular announcement. And I know that Ric Flair is watching this show right now. And Ric Flair, I want you to look into my eyes. 
Don't turn your head. You look at me whenever I'm talking to you. You were once a god in the NWA. Is that true or not? It's absolutely the truth. He still is. And now what do you have? You have the devil here raising hell. And that is me, Ric Flair. And I am very proud of that fact. You are going to make an announcement. Well, you better make the right one. Because if you come back into the NWA, I am going to be like a dog on the hunt. I am going to be smelling of you, Flair, and I am going to beat you, Ric Flair. I am going to be the next world's champion. Well, that remains to be seen, and fans will be back to be seen in just one moment. Don't go away. All right, so he did, not that he said much there, but it's Terry Funk. We got to we gotta listen to Terry Funk on an episode. Uh, Doc, any any thoughts on Funk right there? It wasn't, you know, it wasn't the elaborate tale that he's told. So if you're comparing this to other weeks that he's done, you go, eh, that's not so good. But if you listen to it and you analyze it, and, hey, that's what we're in the business of doing. There was one thing that I thought he did really, really well there. And that's when he said, Ric Flair was a god. I'm the devil. That's really good psychology in reminding people exactly who he is in this. Hmm. Very astute analysis, Doc. Well, that's what that's what we get paid the big bucks to do. That's right, damn it. From all the ads that we have on this show. No, no ads. I want to point that out, man. We're uh, we're we're a little bit more than an hour and 20 minutes into this thing hour and 25 minutes into this thing no no hated and, um, jewelers no no food snack boxes no mortgages no railroad tracks no drunk driving whatever just we're we're straight up balling out that's all we're doing have you, have you heard the railroad track one recently <laughs> how old were you I, my thing is this. If you get run over by a train, that's natural selection, pal. Jesus He doesn't mean that. No, I do. <laughs> you know, do you know how hard it has to be to get run over by a fucking train? <laughs> I don't know, Doc. Go ahead and tell me. <laughs> I mean... How old were you when you were told to look left, right, left when you cross the street? I've Apply known that, that as long as I can remember. Apply that same methodology. And oh, by the way, it's a fucking train. <laughs> you know, uh... here's, the, here's what happens. I guarantee you here's what happens on those ads. They get to the end of the year and they got surplus budget and they got to spend it somewhere. So they're like, shit, if we don't spend this budget, we're not going to get it next year. And they buy wrestling podcast ads. Now, <laughs> I'm done with ads on podcast. Let's well, you know, a lot of a lot of people listen to podcasts while they're driving. And maybe that's something to why. <laughs> OK, Go let's ahead. get let's get to the real star of this episode. Oh, God. Well, <laughs> 
Let's go to the final promo on this week's episode um, before we're out of time, and uh, here we go. Welcome back, fans, to World Championship Wrestling. We only have a couple of minutes left in the program here with Hot Stuff Eddie Gilbert. You got to understand you got a friend with you. Jim, I've got a surprise. Everybody here already knows he's here. I want to welcome back to the NWA the one and only Tommy Pleasure to be back. You know, Tommy Rich was here. I was one of the pioneers of the NWA and TBS. And I'd just like to say, you know, I heard Lex Luger out here talking about he didn't want to sign pictures. He didn't want to do that. Well, I remember a time in 1981 in Augusta, Georgia, if it hadn't been for all these people out here, Tommy Rich wouldn't have beat Harley Race for the NWA World Heavyweight title. So let me tell you something, brother. Lex Luger, Terry Funk, Ric Flair. I want everybody to know Wildfire is back, and I'm gonna be on fire. Hey, hey, and I wanna say one more thing. Next week, I won't be in this suit. I will have my tights on, and I will be TCB. All right, Tommy. Thank you a lot. We'll see you next week, Eddie. Wait a minute. Hey. I want to I want to interview the Eddie Gilbert. I've seen two Eddie Gilberts here in the last few weeks. I know both sides very well, my friend. There's a there's a side that likes to go by the rules, and there's another side that's a little crazy. And I saw you try to throw fire at the Great Muda. How'd you do that? I mean, what'd you do? Why'd you do that that fire thing? Jim Ross, I'm the only person that knows about that, and I will remain that way too. Let's see, fans, exactly what happened at the Clash of Champions when Eddie Gilbert tried to burn the Great Muda. All right, so they show a replay of um, Eddie Gilbert trying to burn Muda, and he throws the fire uh, at towards Muda, but uh, David Peterson gets hit with the fire. Doc and I talked about it uh, in Was late. it him or Trent Knight? Trent Knight. When I said David Peterson, he looks so much like David Peterson from uh, World Class, and we've seen Peterson before. Trent Knight, you're right. Um, oh, Doc. Um, what? Okay, so can can you admit... And in 1989, it's still so- somewhat of a big deal for Tommy Rich to come back. Son of a bitch! No. What the fuck? So no. Fucking loser. Let me tell you how I think this went down. Okay, so hold on. Hold on. Before you start spot monkey in this thing up i ain't spot monkey in nothing are you gonna try to tell me that tommy rich wasn't over like a motherfucker in 1981 this is 1989 What's i get you i get you but but i like the fact that he walked out there and brought up the history and in some ways i'm winding you up and in some ways i'm not I like the fact that he walked out there and talked about beating Harley Race, legit reestablishing himself and reminding everybody who he was. I'm not saying he's walking in and he's, you know, Ric Flair or, or Funk or whomever. But in 89, he has some cachet. He has some stroke. He's not at the top. But don't put him out there with cruel connection and state brown either. Come on, pal. I, I I want you to revisit what you're saying when he's wrestling the Cuban assassin at Halloween Havoc 1989. I want you to tell me how much he 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 stroke he's got and how much he's so he's got that name and yada yada yada. This is just 
completely stupid. Just see, stupid. you can't be objective. It's dumb. Hey, let me tell you what happened, Doc. All right, let me tell you a story. I was sitting at home, thinking about them glory years. You know, when Barnett bruised the back of my tonsils. Come on. And I was thinking to myself, I got that guy named Jim Hurd. He run the show. Come on. I done had, I done had one Jim down my throat. What's another Jim? What's wrong with you? And I said, oh, Jimmy. And I came in. I heard said, now, Tommy, you just got to do one thing if you want one more run with the strap. I said, oh, Jimmy, you named the price. What's wrong said, with you? You got to let me bruise your tonsils. I said, oh, just say it's done. I took me a sip of my Jack Daniels. I had on my glass right there. I was like, oh. Ah, I say, ain't no time like the present, Herd. What's wrong with you? <laughs> All right. Where were we at? I, I took. I stepped away. Why don't you second. tell me where we're at? <laughs> well, we're back now. We just saw. Last thing I had to use the bathroom. Last thing we saw was Eddie Gilbert. He threw a fireball at uh intended for Muda, but it didn't hit Muda. It hit Trent Knight. So let's go now. They come back from that segment. Let's go now to Gary Hart, and then you can tell me your thoughts on Tommy Rich after we go back to uh, Gary Hart coming out to confront Eddie Gilbert. Bring him out here. Why didn't you bring Muda out here? Because bring him with you. I am not going to put him in a position. We're almost out of time, guys. Oh, and yeah? if that bimbo would have kept her out of her business, you call her? I could call her a lot more if I wasn't on TV, brother. And I guarantee you, you could. Hey, come on now, Eddie. Eddie Gilbert right here in the set. I'm going to get out of the way. Eddie Gilbert hammering. So that missed Muda hit Eddie with looks awesome because Eddie's got that white long sleeve shirt on. Doc, your thoughts? I know you're mad at me because Tommy Rich ran into the show and said some crazy things, but go ahead. I, you stole my thunder a little bit there because how great is that missed look on that white shirt? And then he whips out a cane and starts beating him with it. That was great. He should have been doing that from the get-go. This is the shit he should have been doing from before he ever got in the ring. It's hard to overstate how great that miss looks when he hits Eddie Gilbert. In and then face. look at that right there. He's got that kendo stick just driven down into his upper chest slash windpipe area. After beating with it, that shit was phenomenal. And he looks like you can't tell it, you know, is it missed? We know it's missed, but you know, that's also is it blood? This is great. 
the the, the in wrestling the the, the I, visual. I want, so, well, hold on, I want to go back and cover one more thing. I thought Gilbert threw great punches that looked pretty real until you looked at it on Gary Hart when he had him down, where he had he was taking care of Hart but throwing really real looking punches. I thought this was great because it's believable. He just told Eddie Gilbert he could call his wife a whole bunch of other things if she wasn't on TV. They couldn't have gone off air any better, to be honest with Shit, you. This was great. That was phenomenal. The the I'm telling you, man, if you've got the the network, you got it. The visual of the red mist. I mean, when Muda missed it, missed people, it careful. looks great anyway. You got to be careful here because now you're telling our people that they got to pony up what? No, they, no, no, no. $10 a month for a network and then $2 said, for us? I said, There's no if way you've, they can't afford that. I said, if you've got the network, if you don't, just trust Doc and I. If you're a patron, you can watch the video version of it. Um, but the the mist on Eddie's long sleeve, long sleeve white shirt and his face, the red, co- it, it just it the visual is phenomenal because it coats him. Like when he comes out and sprays Eddie, it just coats him instantly. Great stuff. Muda gets back at Eddie. We got to see where else this might go. But this is tremendous stuff, man. I love fireballs, but they're and powder. We love the powder from the old uh, Smoky Mountain days. Nothing will ever top the ether rag for me. But yeah, the ether rag is good. But the best visual in wrestling is the mist. It's a Hands great down. Visual, man. Uh, and that's how they go off air, Doc. Did you have anything else? You said Tommy Rich ran in for a second while I left. Did you have anything else before we uh, rate this thing? Um, I'm not even going to mess with you on that. You're, All a right, bitter, well, let's... you're a bitter old has-been. <laughs> and on the night where we're celebrating the Southern Wrestling Legends, you have shown your ass once again. Oh, Jimmy. Okay, um, bro, this episode is 38, 38 minutes of, of just wall-to-wall action. And, I mean, you can hate on Tommy Rich, but he's he's debuting. Everything was hot, man. Again, even in an episode with Tommy Rich, this episode is an A-plus by far. 38 minutes of hot action. I don't know how else to say it. This is good stuff, pal. Good stuff. Hey, and get this. They pulled off 38... This this is what would surprise a lot of people, I think. 38 minutes in June of 89, A-plus, no flare, no steamboat. How about that? There's talent there. We've talked about that. That's right. This is it. 89... WCW, NWA has plenty of talent. There's Muda, there's Gary Hart, there's Luger, there's the Freebirds, there's Midnight. There's plenty of talent. We didn't see no Norman BS. You know, and they had talent is, we didn't they had talent we didn't see. We didn't see Ron Simmons. We didn't see the SST. We didn't see Road Warriors. So but I'm okay with that. Yeah, me too. 
All right, so we both gave it an A+. Uh, we got to rate this thing. Before we do so, I want to remind you, um, we, it is we November already, now. Well, we already have rated it. You said we have to rate this thing. I'm sorry. I mean, Rolex is my bad. Oh. Um, I, I want to remind everyone, uh, it is in November, so we're getting close to Christmas. And you know what that means? Hey, 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 hey. Let me, let me give a quick shout out to everybody. This, this is my PSA for everybody. And, and I ain't even, I'm not even working here. This is straight up the thing. So he's working yeah. all the other times when he says he's not even working, but that's we'll, we'll leave that alone, right? I'm trying to help everybody out for Christmas, motherfucker. Okay, please do so. So I heard a deal. I do a lot of reading because I read a lot. And they said that the, the delivery services have been at Christmas-like levels since March. And now it's going to be Christmas on top of that. So the point is, when he says it's November... You better listen to Menace here and order your Christmas shit early or it won't be here by Christmas. That's what they're starting to advise people to do. They said if you want to make sure you get little Johnny's bullshit to go in his fucking stocking, it needs to be ordered by December 1st. So don't wait your ass around thinking you're just going to figure this shit out. It ain't going to work that way this year. So now's the time to get on Amazon, put in that link. And start your Christmas shopping right now. That's I, I can't. I, that's a shoot. And you can go to tinyurl.com/bttamazon. That is our BTT Amazon Associates link. The show gets a little bit of support in return when you use that link. Again, it's tinyurl.com/bttamazon. Great way to support this show without spending anything extra. When you're already shopping on Amazon, use that link. Bookmark it. Give it to the wives, girlfriends, boyfriends, whatever you have in your life. Tell them to use it every time you use Amazon. Tinyurl.com slash BTT Amazon. Hey, let me All tell right, you, Doc, we, we're, not, we're not sitting over here getting rich with that money. What we're doing, and, and I think we forget about mentioning this a lot. We use it for, uh, what do we use it for? Jesus, Lord. Well, I got to pay to host and server. That's right. Got the show's got bills that, you know, it costs. Hey, if a laptop dies or or here's the thing, everybody's working from home this year. So so headphones are three times as expensive. So when Harper shoves his up his girl's ass and has to have a new one, Mike has to spend three times what we used to spend for that. Brother, so we, that's the kind of shit we're using that Amazon money for. It's not we're not over here making cash angels in the end zone after a touchdown. We're trying to keep this show on the rails. I can't remember if it was thirty-eight or forty-one dollars, but nineteen-dollar headset was forty-one. Shit I used to be. Uh, shit used to be seventeen ninety-nine. Yeah. So anyway, um, thank thank you for using that link. Tinyurl.com/slash/bttamazon. All right, Doc. Uh, before we get out of here, we got a roll exit. What are you doing? What, what are you giving this thing? Man, I could I could sit here and I could I could throw it to Gordy for his excellence. Because it was excellent. I could throw it to Tommy Rich and really try to just mess with you. But shit, dude. I'm going with Muda. Because the mist and the kendo stick and the visuals there. It's just, it, that was phenomenal. And in a packed show. I don't want to repeat the same thing you said. But that's, I thought the same thing. And I'm giving it to Muda. Because at the end, it was amazing when Muda hits him with that mist. I mean, the red visual, it's its tremendous. Gordy probably deserved it, too. Uh, we had some good stuff with the Midnight and the Freebirds, obviously. 
But uh, that 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 missed at the end was tremendous. I just love this show, man. It was really good. No other way to say it, Doc. No other way hey, to say it. And to be honest, on a night, I, I'm really glad that on the night where we talked about Tracy Smothers so much, we had a really good Southern wrestling show to cover and keep it in the family that way. You know what I mean? I'm with you on that. You know, the only sad thing, um, which kind of sucks, obviously, with Tracy dying, I thought about this just a second ago. You know, he's going to come in to WCW, and we never asked him about his WCW years, to be honest. I don't think we got too much into that. I think the second time he was on, I asked him a little bit, but we didn't get into much of it. And it would have been nice, you know, for obvious reasons, to talk to him about those WCW years. We, we talked to him all about Smokey, but I just thought about it, you know. So, I don't know. It's kind of sad from that point of view. It's also sad, obviously, that Tracy's gone. It's We talked about it at the beginning of the show. R.I.P. Tracy. I don't know, Doc. I don't want to go off on a, on a low note. I want to go off on a high note. I think Tracy would uh, enjoy the fact that we paid tribute to him tonight. I think he would love the fact that we talked about him and thanked him. And I got to believe, uh, you know, he's up there smiling above and wishing all us old school Southern wrestling fans the best as we uh, keep his memory alive. What do you think? One less of the great ones for Southern wrestling around today. But, man, I got to tell you, 2020 has been a motherfucker of a year on every fucking level. Hey, if you're out there in the Army, and this is kind of my parting shot, man, take care of your ass. We only got two more months of this shit year but man you got to protect your neck you got to stay safe this year that's right stay safe stay healthy and more than anything have some compassion understanding for your fellow humans and just be nice it's christmas it's almost christmas time man life is life is way too short guys let's um let's all try to get along is my lawyer, Tim Dennison, okay? He's from Kentucky. He's serving out warrants. He is going to sue. You people will be arrested for impersonating wrestling fans. Because he was... St-
staring at me because I beat him in a horse last year. And Drew Brees needs to get bitching about that call because that was a clean call and New Orleans Saints don't belong in the Super Bowl. Everybody dies! <laughs>